This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast that takes a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we sit down with the president of Bates College, Gary W. Jenkins. His inauguration is set for this Friday afternoon, and we chatted with President Jenkins about all things Bates Athletics and much more. Plus, the field hockey team is ranked 8th in the country, men's soccer got a dramatic win, and volleyball went undefeated over the weekend. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. For only the eighth time since the college's founding in 1855, the Bates community will gather to celebrate the inauguration of a new president. This Friday, Gary W. Jenkins will be installed as the college's ninth president and first black president in a ceremony beginning at 2.30 p.m. in Merrill Gymnasium. He will also be in attendance at this Saturday's football game, where he'll participate in the coin toss. But before all that, President Jenkins sat down for his first Bobcast interview. Well, it's a very special episode of the Bobcast because we have President Gary Jenkins joining us. Uh, inauguration is this Friday. And President Jenkins, first of all, thank you so much for joining us. I'm sure you're very excited for Friday's uh, festivities, right? Oh, absolutely. But I'm very excited to be on the Bobcast. I've been listening to it even before I was president once this uh, possibility came up. So it's a real thrill. Excellent, excellent. Well, the first question I have for you is the question I always ask anyone who joins us on the Bobcast for the first time. What made Bates the place for you? What appealed to you about becoming our new president and making the move here to the great state of Maine? Oh, gosh. Well, there were so many things. Um, First, I was attracted to, of course, the academic excellence of Bates. Uh, As uh, many people know, I went to a small liberal arts college, uh, even though I spent most of my career as a faculty member at R1 institutions. But I believe that there really isn't a better undergraduate experience than a residential small liberal arts college. And Bates is the best of the best. And I was so attracted to the values, the ethos, uh, and the people that were here. Uh, Once you get a job like this, Aaron, what happens is people from all walks of life will come to you and say, oh, my cousin went to Bates or my colleague went to Bates, et cetera. And uniformly, people just say such wonderful things about the Bates experience. And that was something that was really exciting. And I also thought that it's a place that I could help make a difference. And that was something that was really exciting to me, that there was a great foundation, so much excellence, but yet still opportunity to feel like we could take the institution to even greater heights together. Outstanding. And you touched on the fact that you went to Haverford. I did. Yeah. Fellow NCAA Division Three school. So that kind of leads into like, how do you kind of see the dynamic between you know, the liberal arts education and athletics, you know, working? What is the relationship like from your point of view between academics and athletics at, you know, at this level, Division Three? It's really important. In fact, uh, you know, having been at, as I said, uh, large research universities, yeah. only a small percentage 
of students at those places are right. in athletics, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? We see them on TV all the time, but in terms of the percentage of the student body, it's minuscule. Mm-hmm. And as we know, at places like Haverford and Bates, it's very different. And with 40% of the students or so who are varsity athletes, and then of course you've got additional students in club sports and other recreational, it's a big part of the fabric of really the, the and culture of the institution. That's something that I think about all the time is really um, how central it is because in part students are coming because of that experience. And at a place like Bates, we're getting great students, academically outstanding students because of our athletic program. So I really see them as uh, mutually supportive, uh, as as integrated, and really connected to who we are. And this is the kind of place where you we still have student athletes. Yeah. Uh, that term gets used a lot, but particularly with what's happened over the past several years since the Supreme Court case around name, image, and likeness. I think the culture is changing in sports, but at a place like Bates, Student athletes are students first. I've already seen you attend a number of Bates athletic events in person. Saw you at Bowdoin the other day, of course, for the for the football game. I mean, what's been like interacting with you know Bates students, parents, fans, and alums at all these events you've been going to? Oh, it's been so fun. It's been really invigorating. I'm so thrilled to be able to do that and to connect and to talk with our families and to see our students do their thing to compete at the highest levels uh, on the field, on the courts. And you can really see the spirit in their hard work. So it's something that I really enjoy doing. John enjoys it as well. In fact, uh, John recently, uh, my husband, John, uh, recently ran with the cross-country team. Right, right. He did a training run with them. So so we really think that sports is a a really important part of the, the culture here, and we want to be a part of it. I know you love the sport of tennis in particular, you know, both as a player and fan of the game. Uh, you spoke about that, your first speech here at Bates there at Alumni Gym. You know, where did your passion for that sport maybe in particular come from? Well, my passion for tennis started when I was a kid. My dad was a basketball player in high school, and that was his sport that he was really passionate about. But he and I are of similar heights. So in this medium of, of podcast, you probably can't see it. But <laughs> if you know me, I'm about 5'6 at best. And in any case, uh, I, I quickly realized that probably wasn't the match for me. Uh, and I found tennis. There were tennis courts about a block away from my house. And we started playing tennis and playing tennis as a family. And I picked it up. I actually stopped playing probably right around high school. I wasn't quite good enough to make the high school team, so I moved on to some other passions and interests. But I picked it up again probably you know, 20 years later, and I'm still passionate about it. I love it. Uh, it's certainly the sport that I follow most closely, uh, certainly around the Grand Slams. I'm uh, addicted to tennis during those periods, so it's a great sport. And have you been playing much at Merrill Gym, and have you adjusted to the speed of those courts yet? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. We played once uh, at Merrill over the summer, and I could not get over how fast those courts were. But I spoke to 
some of our players at a U.S. Open watch party that they had. And uh, and they told me that it's one of their secret advantages right. compared to other teams. So I say more power to them. <laughs> Excellent. And, you know, we have 31 varsity sports here at Bates. And I've covered sports my whole life. And when I came here, I had to learn about a bunch of different sports that I had never covered before in my life. And so, you know, looking at Bates sports, what are maybe some sports that you may not know as much about that Bates has that you're you know, eager to learn more about as we move forward this year and beyond, kind of? Well, I'm certainly eager to learn more about field hockey. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, as you know, our team is amazing and they're doing so well this season and I'm so excited for them. But... I don't really understand the game. So that's one where I'd really like to learn. So I may have to get uh, Coach Danny to, to explain some things to me. But, uh, but that's certainly one sport. And I'd say the other thing I'm really excited about, not so much that I need explaining, but swimming. Mm. Uh, because once every four years... When the Olympics rolls around, I'm one of those people who becomes, you know, an Olympic fool. I've just become so obsessed yeah. with the Olympics and swimming, but I don't watch swimming any other time of the year. Yeah. So I'm excited to see swimming at the college level. Uh, Haverford doesn't have a swim program, doesn't even have a swimming pool. Okay. So this is exciting and different for me. So those are the two things. Excellent. Yeah, field hockey is one where I'm, I'm still learning new things every year because there's so many intricacies. We were talking about different surfaces and all that stuff on the episode a few weeks ago. But um, you know, I wanted to mention your brother, Chris. Because he works for the yes. Buffalo Bills. He's the senior director of content. That sounds like a great job. That sounds like, really, for me, <laughs> that's an awesome job for him to have. I mean, what kind of conversations do you have with him about your respective careers? I mean, senior director of content, Buffalo Bills, president of Bates College. It's kind of interesting. Like, And have you become maybe more of a football fan because of his career path? Well, we're certainly supportive of yeah. one another's careers. Uh, and we do often talk about work and what's going on. But he doesn't know higher education. And I don't <laughs> pretend to be an expert in sports. Uh, so so there are limits, but he's great. Uh, he was the director of media relations before mm-hmm. he was head of now content and content creation. But he's been with the Bills for, gosh, almost 20 years now. It's terrific. He was a soccer player growing up and he played soccer through college, but he's worked for the NFL and then the Buffalo Bills. So now we're football fans and Buffalo Bills fans specifically. And it turns out that my loyalties can be bought. It's essentially whoever employs my brother. But he's been with the same place, like I said, for nearly 20 years. So so now it's, it's the Bills. Can I tell you one funny story? Yes. So when Chris got married, he gave all of his groomsmen autographed helmets of their favorite player in the NFL. And, you know, and so a lot of people, it was, you know, the quarterback of the team that they grew up with or, or whatever. And for me... It was Buffalo Bills running back Fred Jackson. Mm -hmm. And the reason that it was Fred Jackson, it was because he played his college at Coe College, which is Division III. There you so go. he was one of the few Division Three players in the NFL on the Buffalo Bills. So my brother knew that's the one that I wanted. That's terrific. I mean, so have you survived a Buffalo Bills game in the dead of winter yet? <laughs> I, I have not. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> and do you plan on it? Probably not. 
<laughs> you know, he's so busy during the season yeah. that I tend to go visit him during the off season. Gotcha. So, so many friends <laughs> will go during the season to visit him. And I just figure, you know what, I'll save my visits for times when you, you actually have more time. Yeah, it's better to watch football sometimes from the comfort of your own house. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Based on your conversations, you know, research and experiences so far, what are some of your biggest priorities, you know, from a higher level for Bates Athletics in the near future, you know, and beyond? This year is about listening yeah. and learning and building relationships. Uh, I would say that um, certainly athletics are really important, clearly going, going to be one of my top priorities. Um, I don't really have specifics yet yeah. to share, and we're still talking with coaches and the athletic department, of course, to develop uh, plans and a clearer picture of needs. Certainly some students have expressed sure. uh, some <laughs> some requests and, and their ideas of what's important, and we're, of course, going to consider all, all of those. But, but I will say this, that athletics... And I mean that broadly, not just our varsity yeah. sports, but recreation and wellness and well-being. It's so important. It's so important for our students. It's so important for Bates. Um, so uh, it's something that we need to invest in. It's a key part of our student experience. So I'm excited to do that. I want to make sure that we're as competitive as we can be, that we're attracting uh, the best students that we can. Uh, and I really hope that our alumni will support us uh, and partner with us in that effort uh, because I think that uh, this place is just so special and our students deserve that. Excellent. And then, um, you know, kind of an even bigger picture question, uh, athletics, what can teach us kind of about the, the wider world, you know, because we are a liberal arts college. We're always thinking about what things mean in the big picture. So what can athletics and the participating and watching it, you know, teach us about elsewhere? Well, certainly I think about leadership yeah. and leadership development. And at Bates, we talk about developing the whole person. And that happens in lots of places, but one of the places that it happens is through athletics, through sports. And uh, so I think lessons about teamwork, lessons about communication, lessons in resilience, those things, those skills, those attributes, and there are so many others we yeah. could go on, last a lifetime. And one story that struck me recently, I was reading an article about a successful business executive. And this executive talked about his identity as someone who hustles. Mm. You know, someone who just gets things done, who hustles. And he used that term because he had won an award when he was in college as the player on the team who had the most hustle. Yeah. And you could see that that seeped in and became part of his identity and his professional career. And I think that's what athletics and sports can do. Excellent. Well, um, this next question can certainly, I think, be considered sports-related now, and we'll get to it in a second. But myself and my wife noticed recently that you and your husband, John, are Swifties. We are. Yes. And many of us want to know, especially uh, my wife, <laughs> what's your favorite Taylor Swift era and why? Oh, era. My uh, Gosh. Uh, my favorite era, I guess I would have to say folk more, uh, meaning the folklore 
and Evermore, those two albums together. Uh, that's that's my favorite era. Um, I, I was a folk music fan, particularly back in eighties, nineties. Uh, so uh, so so that's 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 the era that I would choose. Uh, my some of my favorite songs: August, uh, "Tis the Damn Season." There, those are from those albums. So if I had to choose. I'd have to choose that. And if I broke it down even further, favorite song specifically, is there one you could pick out? Or? Oh, like other, those two songs yeah. <laughs> are are certainly among my favorites. But you know, it's it's like a parent; you can't pick a favorite child. Uh, you know, you, right. you, I, I can't name just one. But those are two. There are others: Cornelia Street, and so there's so many. We that would be a whole another podcast. That's a different Aaron. podcast, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although it is fortunately now someone, right? It is. It is evidently. <laughs> And the Chiefs are doing well, which is impressive. Yes, they are. Well, any other thoughts you wanted to share about Bates, specifically about your hopes and plans for athletics maybe we haven't gotten to talk about yet? Anything else you wanted to mention? I just want to say how impressed I am. We have outstanding, outstanding people, particularly the coaches that I've had an opportunity to get to interact with, Coach Emily, uh, volleyball, and Pete, and rowing, and he, he took me out on, yeah, on the I launch. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that's that was, fun. That was so much fun, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it was so great to meet some of the, the rowers there, and there's Coach uh, Paul Tennis, and so many others. Uh, that, that They're outstanding, and I think that we have such, like I said, the, the, the people are ultimately, at the end of the day, what makes an institution, what makes an organization. And the people here are absolutely terrific. So really thrilled to be here, thrilled to work together, and excited to see what we do together to advance Bates and Bates Athletics. Excellent. Well, really excited for the inauguration this Friday afternoon and the release of Taylor Swift's 1989 Taylor's version. As we saw you post on Instagram earlier today, I thought that was a great post. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Well, I, I think Taylor is doing it in my honor. Right. You know, she's a mastermind. Right. And she... Uh, the concert that we went to was in Minneapolis. That was my last weekend there. Yeah. And now releasing 1989 on the inauguration, I think it's a sign <laughs> that she acknowledges my fandom and is appreciative. There you have it. President Gary Jenkins, thanks so much. Thank you. It was an exciting weekend for the Bates field hockey team. The Bobcats defeated Connecticut College 4-1 to on Saturday and followed that up with a thrilling 2-1 to come-from-behind win over number 9 nationally ranked Williams on Sunday. Thanks to the pair of victories, Bates moved up to number 8 in the NFHCA Coaches Poll with their final regular season game set for this Tuesday at 7 p.m. against Colby. Junior Anna Cody led the charge for the Bobcats, scoring four goals, two against the Camels and two more against the Eves. And Anna Cody is our female Bobcat of the Week. Well, Anna, I mean, you've played a lot of field hockey in your life. That Williams game, where is that in terms of the rankings, in terms of thrillers uh, that you've played in, you think? <laughs> yeah, that was one of my favorite games ever. It was such a thrilling win. And honestly, I think it was one of the best games that we've played as a team. And so it was just a really exciting game to have. Have you been working a lot on your stick handling? Because you were just shaking people left and right, especially on that first goal. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we work a lot on it in practice. We focus this season a lot on the fundamentals and so stick skills, shots, a lot of the basics that we think we can grow from. And so I think that really helped our whole team during that game. How about the team this year? We're talking on a Monday. You play Colby on Tuesday, but right now undefeated at home. What does that say about the home field advantage you have, perhaps? It's huge, especially going into this weekend with the home playoff game. 
it's very, very exciting. I think we just love how we play on our field. We don't have to get used to the surface when we start to play, and so it makes it really easy for us to just go play our game right away. And obviously, uh, we had Senior Day this weekend. Your sister Paige was honored there for our Senior Day, part of one of eight seniors. Uh, obviously, your, your whole family was there. What's it like, you know, playing close to home like this? It's so nice. My whole family can come to all my games, and even my family, that's the way they watch the games and then text us after. And so it's so great um, having my parents be able to come to all of the games. What are they all saying to you right now? I mean, this is such a, one of the best years field hockey's had in, in recent memory, right? Yes, it's huge. My parents, they love it, I think, just as much as I do. <laughs> They're so invested. They watch all our games over and over again. And so it's it's really such an exciting time in our lives. Yeah, your dad knew that Danny had won her 100th game against Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Uh, is he like an athletic communications? Or what's, yeah. what's, how did he know that? <laughs> They're so invested. Yeah. They, they're up on all of the stats. They watch all of the games, all our opposing teams' games. They're, <laughs> they're very into it. You've also done a good job, I noticed, of intercepting passes when they're trying to get out of their own end. And you, How do you get a read on where that ball's going? It seems like you're always in the right spot. Yeah, so a lot of times you just got to watch their body language and see who's behind you. We have a really good style of play in which our defenders talk to our mids who talk to us, and so they'll be telling me where people are behind me at all times. And so I'll sort of know where people are so I can get a read on where they're going to pass the ball. Most likely a NESCAC tournament, a home game coming up. Um, you just got to beat Kobe. We're talking on yes. Tuesday. But, I mean, how exciting would that be, you know, not only to have a home game but to win it and possibly, you know, go to the semifinals a week later. I mean, that that'd be the deepest the team has ever gone. Yeah, it'd be very, very exciting. At the beginning of the year, we set like a team goal for the end of the season. It was to have a home playoff game. So it's just really surreal to know that that's just within our grasp and just that we've worked so hard all season and that our goals can come true. So take us through like a moment in time. You're down one nothing at halftime to Williams. You mm-hmm. thought you'd tied it on Paige's shot. Right. And you probably should have based on the replay. But <laughs> it's okay. Uh, so at halftime, what's the message from Coach? What's the message from your teammates? Yeah, our coach was telling us to just get out there, play our game, to start, a lot of our little small passes weren't working, so she was saying to do some of the bigger balls to look for those. And so that's not usually a type of style that we play and so it was a little bit risky, but it, it worked out in our favor and it started to land. And so we really just had to adapt to what they were giving us, and that worked out really well. Great. And then, you know, you, you two games back-to-back, that's always obviously tricky because you don't want to overlook Connecticut College before you yeah. have a big game with Williams. So how do you approach that mentally, you know, taking it that one game at a time, which can probably be difficult when you know such a big showdown's coming, right? Yeah, it is difficult, but we really do take it one game <laughs> at a time. So we give it our all in con, and then we just really focus on, you know, hydration, fueling ourselves for the next day. And with our sports psychologist, Jamie, she really helps us get ready mentally and um, gives us good relaxation stuff for the night before. Yeah, because uh, preseason interview with Danny, she mentioned that the whole team is working with a sports psychologist this year. Tell me a little bit about what Jamie has brought to the team, you think? Yeah, she's been a huge help. We meet with her at least once a week, and she just helps us to see where we're at in the season and to look over any obstacles we have, especially because we have been a team that struggles from coming back from being behind. And so mm. I think her help with us has really just shown throughout that game that we could actually do it. I mean, that was obviously a comeback victory there. Um, that's got to give everyone on the team a ton of confidence going forward, right? Yes, definitely. <laughs> I think it will be a huge help if we ever do find ourselves behind again, knowing like we've done it before, we can come back again. And also, I mean, you have 10 goals to lead the team, but it seems like, I mean, you know, Cammy's got a bunch of goals. Paige has mm-hmm. a bunch of goals. Maria has a bunch of goals. So it seems like you have so many weapons out there. What's that like to know that it's not all on one person, right? It's so nice knowing that all of our forwards, all of our mids, honestly, everybody on our team has participated in everything and that anyone can get the ball in there. It's nice to know that another team can't come in and just mark up on one person and that just shut down our whole offense. You could take anyone out and we'd still be able to win games. 
Pace Athletics recently started TikTok, and so I had to get on there. And I actually saw Field Hockey's had it one for a while. Yes. And you've been involved with that. So what's it like, you know, bringing that social media to the people there, right? Yeah, I love TikTok, and so do a bunch of our teammates. And so it's been great to get out there, you know, before games and everything and just do dances and have fun. And it's also a great way to just promote Bates Field Hockey. And so maybe some incomings would like to see that and would want to come here because of it. Excellent. And then I guess just any other thoughts you wanted to share on, you know, another big week coming up because we have the Colby game. By the time people are listening to this, Colby game is probably going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have Nescat quarterfinals for sure. I mean, any other thoughts you want to share we haven't got to talk about yet? Um, I really want people to come to our game yes. this weekend and on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. It'll be huge on Saturday. It's supposed to be super nice too. Great weather. And so we really hope we get a lot of fans out there. All right, Anna Cody, our Bobcat of the Week. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on the Bobcat. Really appreciate it. Thank you. The men's soccer team won a 2-1 to thriller a week ago over the University of Maine Farmington. With just two seconds remaining in the match, Junior Tefea Gunloye ripped home his team-leading fourth goal of the season, securing the team's third win of the year. And Tefea Gunloye is our male Bobcat of the Week. Well, Tefea, I don't know if I've ever seen a buzzer-beating soccer goal to win a match. Uh, but that's what happened last Tuesday against uh, UMF. Just take us through the goal and what you saw on that play. I think the opposing team had a throw-in at the moment, so um, our keeper came and collected the ball. He threw it out to Caesar, um, one of our other forwards. He played a ball to Wilson, and I'm just hearing, I'm on the left side near the sidelines. I could just hear the announcer counting down, and I'm like, it feels like it's I'm in slow motion right now. And the ball, um, eventually it falls to me, and I was able to just put my head down and hit in and went in. So it's something I've worked on um, this summer, just being able to use my left foot. And yeah, it was just a, it was a great moment. I, I'm really appreciative that we were able to keep pushing and fighting throughout the game because that's what Noah had been telling us since day one, just keep fighting and don't let anyone question your heart. So I think our team showed that in that moment. It was a, it was a great moment for us. Yeah, it's funny the little things you pick up on social media, but I saw a comment on Instagram from Alex Horsevich, last year's captain, talking about that that's not your strong foot, right? It's not. No, <laughs> so, it's not my strong foot. So yeah, so. Tell us how you've developed that. I Just just continuous practice. I think it was one of my goals coming out of last season to um, be able to shoot with both feet. Um, I just think it makes you more dangerous as a player. So having that option, um, it's it's been helpful these past few games, I'd say. Was that your first goal with your off foot, or have you scored one earlier this year with that? Um, the previous game versus Tufts. Oh, okay. Nice. What else have you been kind of working on this year as a junior, you know, trying to build some momentum going into next season, perhaps? I think the biggest thing for me I've been trying to work on is my leadership. Um, mm-hmm. Being an upperclassman, now we had seniors like Alec last year, and um, like Max and Jacob Owowo, all these players that were very vocal and um, would push us when we needed to, and now having a class of three seniors... Um, we don't have that that great presence of like six or seven guys always like just being in year about things. So I think um, me as well as some of the other juniors have just needed to take more accountability and step into that role as leaders. And um, we have one game left. So after this Tuesday, it's now um, we just need to keep taking steps in the right direction. Had you ever had a last second goal like that before? I don't think so. I think... Um, we've scored late in the game, like Hamilton last year. We scored with about 40 seconds left, but it's a bit, it's a bit different now because with American soccer, it's like we have a, like a shot clock kind of when it's counting down, yeah. and we don't have additional time or like extra time. So it's a very, it's a bit nerve wracking and it's it's a bit interesting in a way. But I think it just gave us, it gave it a bit more thrill. That was in the last um, two seconds of the game, so I was, it was, I was exciting. Yeah, so what was the celebration like with your teammates after that ball rocketed into the net there? <laughs> uh, I think we, was, we were all just kind of shocked. Um, 
we we thought the game was finished. We didn't know they had put two seconds back on the clock. Oh so, right, 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 right. <laughs> so we kind of all just ran to the corner. Some of the our teammates from the sidelines came over. It was just great. It was a very thrilling, um, exhilarating experience. It was just a it was a great moment for me. I just I, it was a lot of joy. Excellent. Now, we were talking a little bit off air. Your brother, your twin brother, goes to Bowdoin and plays soccer at Bowdoin. So yes. what are those conversations kind of like? And what was it like growing up with them, both playing soccer? A little competitive rivalry there, perhaps? Absolutely. I think college is the first time we've not played on the same team. So mm-hmm. it was always him assisting me or me assisting him. So I think we we developed a connection there. But having um, him now going to Bowdoin and me, Bates, um, it's, I think it's intensified a bit. He gets to talk a little during Thanksgiving when he comes home a few days late from being in the tournament and we're like, I'm home already. So it's, it's, it's just, I think it's just extra motivation, um, especially for next year. I think the team we have, we're, we've been taking steps in the right direction, I think. Hopefully we'll we'll see them there next year. So well, yeah. I mean, you guys have had some close battles this year. I mean, the Bowdoin game I think was really close this year. Yeah, right? one zero. And then Connecticut College the other day was close as well. So what do you think it's going to be? You know, to get you guys over that hump a little bit because it's been a lot of one goal matches. I think we've just needed to gain experience, and I think we have done that this year. Um, our team is relatively young. A lot of freshmen, sophomores, um, who haven't played as many NESCAD games as like our seniors. So it's just I think it's just experience and. Um, we have the pieces. We have the players. They're all they're all great. Um, and I like myself included. We all get a bit nervous still. Um, and I think, um, as I was saying earlier, just being able to lead and all of us stepping into that role is going to be very essential for us next year. Are you still working with the Rosati Leadership Academy? Yes. Oh, what's that experience been like during your time at Bates? Because I know we did a video on that a year or so ago, but I wanted to follow up. Maybe how's that been going, kind of? Oh, it's been fantastic. We actually during fall break we went as a team last um thursday so it's it's always great to see the kids they they will i'm forgetting which game it was but they walked out with us bef- i think was it i don't think it was umf but they walked out with us before one of the games mm-hmm. which was really nice um and yeah um cwr goalkeeper coach is also a part of that program um and it's really nice seeing his face every day and just it's great to interact with the kids and um it, just them seeing you as role models is a really special feeling so what are some things maybe you talk to them about and stuff Oh, they're always talking soccer. They're always like, oh, um, I want to like attack versus that kid, or I want that kid to defend me. So it's really fun. It's a little competitive. Um, they're always making like they're always poking jokes at you. So it's really like a like having a little brother, which is very nice. Excellent. So um, you touched on this one game left here. It's Colby. It's Tuesday. So by the time people listen to this interview, the match will probably be going on or maybe concluded. But what are some maybe uh, goals you have in mind for this final match in terms of finishing the season strong with a victory? The biggest thing for me is just leaving it all out there. Yeah. Um, we have a few seniors, which I've loved playing with, Saban Hankey, mm-hmm. um, Ross and Harry Corman. Um, I all feel like those some of my greatest friends off the field. So I think with it being their last game, my goal is to um, is to play for them tomorrow, and let's get it. Let's get a victory. Um, push our um, give us gives a stepping stone for next season, and be able to just celebrate the progress we've been through together. The volleyball team went two and zero over the weekend, and sophomore Elias Sada notched eight digs, three service aces, and three assists in a three nothing win over Emmanuel on Saturday. The libero followed up with a match-high 15 digs, two service aces, and four assists in a 3-0 win over Colby Sawyer, capping off a perfect day for the Bobcats. Well, Ellie, great weekend for the Bobcat volleyball team. couple victories there on the road. Take us through those matches. What was working so well for the team, you think? I just thought we stayed consistent throughout both games, which was really nice. And then our energy level was pretty high throughout the game, so I thought that kept us going. And, like, a lot of momentum was on our side, so that helped, yeah. 
Now, when it comes to energy, you're, you're pretty energetic yourself. How do you try to f- feed that throughout the game? How do you try to spread to your teammates? Um, I just do my best to hype everybody up whenever they get, like, a good dig, good pass, or, like, a kill, especially, like, kills and aces. Like, get them all hyped up and, like, fired up. Do my best, yeah. Great. Now, you play a very interesting position, libero. Um, for those who don't know what a libero does, why you wear a different jersey, break it down for us. <laughs> um, basically, I'm in charge of the defense, and, like, I'm the main defender on our team. And the different colored jersey just means I can come in, in and out of the court without a substitution. And, like, basically, I play for our middles on the court, which is, like, the tallest player on the team and, like, the front row player. And I just play their back row for, like, the whole game. Yeah. Great. And when did you uh, first start playing that position growing up? Pretty much that was my role for most of my volleyball career. Mm. Yeah, growing up. Um, I did play outside for a little bit at one point because <laughs> um, our team was pretty small at that time. But other than that, yeah, I was mostly like a DS libero, yeah. And you grew up in Hawaii, right? Yes. And so um, I take it volleyball is pretty big there? Yeah, yeah. There's volleyball everywhere. It's really fun, yeah. And so how did you first kind of get involved? My sister started playing before me, and so I kind of like grew up in the gym almost because I would always be at the practices like running around when I was small. And then like they kind of brought me in the club and I started playing from there yeah and here at Bates there's multiple Hawaiians on the team what's that like having you know people from your state it's really nice actually it's like a little bit of home here like we can like relate to each other and like whenever we're feeling homesick we'll just talk about it and like you know like pick each other up which is really nice and coming from Hawaii what made Bates kind of the place for you you know coming all the way across the country literally to the far northeast (laughs) yeah well um I was kind of looking at East Coast schools and because for me, I wanted to leave the island and like just like be away for a little bit because I wanted to like experience new things because last year was actually my first time experiencing like all four seasons and like I thought that was really cool and like now fall is like one of my favorite seasons because it's so pretty. Um, but yeah, and like Bates was just like one of the better academic schools that I was talking to as well. And I also heard Amy was coming up too. So like, you know, why not? So I was like, yeah, I'll come up to Maine. Yeah. Did you play with or against Amy in high school or anything? Yeah. Um, we actually played on the same club team. Oh, really? Yeah. So it was really nice. Yeah. Yeah. So what's that like having someone who you've played with for so long, you know, still be on your team here in college? Uh, it's really nice. Cause like I can like talk to her like immediately like when we first came in and like we were a little scared everybody at first like nervous freshmen but we had each other which was nice and like we can always like talk to each other and like keep each other accountable and she's like a sister so it's very nice yeah and she's having quite the season I mean what's it like seeing her having so much success I know it's really nice to see her play so well and like she's like my go-to hitter for the most part and like um, seeing her making all those kills is like makes me proud. It makes me want to work harder too. So it's really nice. Yeah. Excellent. So you've got a few more matches here. They're on the road. So what are your thoughts on you know trying to get a few NESCAC victories here this weekend? I'm just gonna try to do my best to do my job and like support my team and keep them going and see where it goes from there. Great. What are your thoughts you want to share on this past weekend or you know the season so far? We haven't got to talk about yet. Hopefully, we can bring the same energy and like power that we had like and fire that we had like from the last couple of games into these new games upcoming which is nice excellent and folks if you haven't got a chance yet it's on our youtube page we mic'd up um ellie for a recent <laughs> practice and it's been on there for a few weeks but y'all should check that out did you enjoy that experience being mic'd up um it was a <laughs> it was a new experience for sure but i hope 
People enjoyed it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely yeah. very entertaining. Thanks so much, Ellie. Really appreciate you joining us on the Bobcast here today. No problem. Anytime. The football team fell 48-7 to last Saturday against Middlebury, but the Bobcats get a chance to bounce back at home this Saturday at 1 p.m. when they host the Williams College Eves. Head coach Matt Coyne joins the Bobcast for his weekly interview. Well, coach, obviously Middlebury, you knew they were a good team. They just beat Trinity the week before. I mean, what did you see from you guys? Obviously a long road trip, a tough one there against the Panthers. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously Middlebury is a very, very experienced, very good team. I mean, that's a championship team. And, you know, I think they'll be competing for it in that last week of the season, you know, when they play Tufts. Um, and, you know, really they just got on us um, physically. You know, we, they, they were were better than us. And, you know, we just uh, we weren't able to sort of match that, um, you know, level um, from the beginning of the game. And, it was pretty, you know, just disappointing just that it, it, it piled up pretty quick on us um, and it sort of turned into a game where we, we couldn't couldn't come out of it. Now, this was really the first extended playing time for Seneca Moore, I feel like, this year. He's definitely been in some packages throughout the season pretty much every game, but really got a lot of experience. Ran for quite a few yards out of the quarterback spot. What did you see from him and against one of the better teams you'll play this year? Yeah, I think it was, uh, you know, that was, that was one of the few bright spots on the day. Um, I think, you know, Seneca getting out there, uh, obviously – very tough situation. Um, you know, Colton got a little banged up there in the beginning of the game on the on the second or third play. Um, but we know the potential that, that Seneca has, and I and I think that you got to see a little bit of the athleticism. Um, and obviously, there's a lot of growth that needs to be made there at that position. It's a very difficult position to play very early on, especially as a first year. But you know, just seeing him, you know, be able to make some things out of nothing. Um, and obviously, we have to shore up some things because there there was a couple throws, errant throws there that you know could have went the other way, but. Um, ultimately, that's that's one of the best defenses in the league. Um, I think nine of the eleven are seniors. Two other two guys are juniors. Uh, a few fifth years in there. So I mean, that's that's a tough defense to go against, and to see him excel in some of those areas shows shows uh, a bright spot for the future for him. And Colton was able to come back. It looked like he threw a touchdown pass to Stephen Garrett. So take us through how he was able to you know battle through. I guess some you know early injuries there. Yeah, you know he just got a little banged up there in the leg, and uh, you know he, he he worked through it, and obviously. Um, you know, was able to come in and out and be able to execute some of the throws, but definitely was something that limited him. And mm-hmm. and you know, uh, really towards towards the second half there, we just we thought it was best to sort of limit him um, and, and try to you know uh, preserve him and didn't want to get didn't want to enhance that injury mm-hmm. and also just let um, you know some of our guys play. A game like that, is there a lot you can learn from it, or is it just more like, oh, we're just going to move on now to Williams, and this is kind of an outlier? Because I feel like the other games have been very competitive, and that one was a little bit different. Yeah, I think you still you learn you learn more from your losses than you do the wins. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you know when a team gets on you and sort of sort of whoops up on you a little bit like that, um, it just goes through you know the adversity that we're dealing with throughout this season. Um, you know, I think you have to you have to learn sort of again how how focused and how. Uh, meticulous you have to be with with your preparation and understanding when you're going up against a team of that caliber um, that has players that have you know played together for a long time and they have you know a ton of all conference players on that team and and really that you know if you if you let it snowball it, it will snowball very quickly um, but ultimately yeah you know you, you ran into a buzzsaw there and, and you got to regroup you got to refocus and and get ready for Williams who's a, who's another good team but a, a definitely a game that that we feel we can you know compete and win it. Yeah, Williams coming to town this Saturday. Um, it's inauguration weekend. A lot of excitement around this game. What are your thoughts on uh, this? You know, upcoming Saturday afternoon and with uh, you know Gary Jenkins, the coin toss, and all the hoopla. <laughs> no, I think it's going to be a great environment. I think for our kids, it's just how you get to bounce back. You know, this isn't obviously isn't the easiest season, wins and losses wise, but 
you know, ultimately we're building something here. And I think the culture aspect, you know, has to has to override some this last game. Um, you got to understand that, you know, really the, the football, as we talk about in our program, it's a it's a really a microcosm of life. And, and as you as you go through some of these losses, you're going to learn more about yourself and how you get back to work, how you prepare, how you keep pushing forward, because uh, ultimately, like, yeah, you're right. Like, there's a lot of games that we're right there in, you know, and then, you know, you get one that you sort of get, you know, beat up a little bit in and, and you got to figure out how to get back to work and, and, and show up the next week um, and, and just keep fighting to make it right. The rowing teams compete at the head of Charles Regatta on Sunday with the women's first varsity eight finishing seventh and the men's first varsity eight placing 12th in their respective collegiate eights races. Fall sports are winding down, but there's still a lot of excitement remaining for us to cover on the Bobcast before winter sports get underway. Check out GoBatesBobcats.com for the complete schedule, and we'll catch you next time on the Bates Bobcast.